Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Jaguars show. I'm Justin Dunk, joined by former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. It's Tell the Truth, week two post-game edition. We're dissecting Jacksonville's 17-9 loss to the Chiefs. The Jags coming up empty in the red zone. Trevor Lawrence's target dispersion, holding Patrick Mahomes under 20 points. Trash-talking Travis Kelsey and lessons that could be learned from the game. Let's get to it. The Jags lost 79 to Kansas City at the bank on Sunday in front of over 69,000 fans. Franchise QB Trevor Lawrence was 0 for 7 on pass attempts inside the 20-yard line, and Jacksonville went 0 for 3 in the red zone. Why did the Jags fail to score a touchdown, Clay? Well, I mean, they, they had two good chances. I mean, you saw some of those uh, those those plays that they made the first week with Zay Jones coming up with the big toe drag swag, the great catch by Calvin Ridley. And it, as cliche as it sounds, football is a game of inches. And two plays that everybody can go back to, the, the Zay Jones play of this week and the Calvin Ridley play of this week, if you drag your toes, you get two touchdowns right there. This is a different ball game. You get down to the red zone four times, you come away with nine total points, you're not going to win, especially against the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, Travis Kelsey isn't 100%. Obviously, the Chiefs didn't play well in their own right, but we'll tell the truth. It was, it was a tough loss. The offense didn't look good, but hey, they lost to the best team in the league the defending Super Bowl champions, and I think that you can take a lot of positives from this, that they're able to go punch for punch with this team. And last year, I never really felt watching that the, that the Jags were really on the same level as the Chiefs. They were just outmanned, outclassed. This year, I think a, a couple plays go this way or that way. I think the Jaguars got everything they need to beat this team. And this team is the favorite in the NFC, AFC, the favorite in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. So now you can see how close the Jaguars really are to being an elite team. Tight end Evan Egram said after the game, this is a game that we should have won. Do you agree with him on that assessment of the Jags? Well, I feel like you you think as a player you should have won all these games, but I think there's something to be said for that. You get down to the one-yard line, you can't punch the ball in. That's unlike the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know what happened with Trevor and Travis Etienne on that, that handoff, whatever there but you get you punch that one in you go for two it's a tie ball game i mean they're they had ample opportunities they're literally inches away from scoring some of these touchdowns and the offense just never seemed to be in sync especially in a game when your run game wasn't producing much you know that you have travis Etienne, 12 carries for 40 yards a nine yard long 3.3 yard average that's unlike him you didn't get to see Tank Johnson at all. I think maybe next week you'll get to see more from him. Calvin Ridley only had held the two catches. I think that, yeah, this is a game looking back that the Jaguars think they should have won. And, and I think they're right there in it. A couple things go a couple different ways. The Jaguars can win this football game. They can beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not invincible anymore. They could They could beat them. Football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news 
and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today for using your mobile device to get on in the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Lawrence's targets to his receivers were much different in week two compared to week one. Clay, you called it. It was a Christian Kirk week. He had 14 targets that produced a single game career high, 11 receptions, for 110 yards, Calvin Ridley had eight balls thrown his way, but only had the two catches for 32. Zay Jones had six looks, but recorded zero grabs while fighting through a knee injury. What changed for Ridley, especially against the Chiefs? Just didn't really seem like he could get on the same page with Trevor, and he had a couple of near misses there, especially that touchdown. You know, he caught the ball, but he was unfortunately out of bounds. So, you know, I, I think he's getting a little bit more attention. I think the teams are starting to see, hey, this is the, the Jaguars' number one receiver, so we're going to have to try to take away Calvin Ridley first. But like I said, that's going to open up things for Christian Kirk, and Christian Kirk was the beneficiary this week. But now when you turn on that tape, Houston Texans turn on that tape, and they say, man, Christian Kirk just had 10 catches for over 100 yards. This guy's the real deal. We're going to have to make sure we got someone on him all day. So then again, you might see Calvin Ridley get some one-on-one matchups that he'll have a good chance to, you know, to win. You know, Zay Jones has, has got to do better. I know some of his balls were uncatchable. I know that touchdown pass, possible touchdown in the back of the end zone. He was only inches away. I've, I've alluded that a couple times. But if you get six targets, you got to come away with a couple catches. I don't care what happens. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I think moving forward, you're going to see these guys become more efficient. You can't – Calvin Ridley isn't going to get held to two catches very often when he, when he has a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball. But it was good to see Kirk. It was good to see Evan Ingram, two guys that didn't have big games the first week, get involved. So now you got all four of your big guy, your big name guys, your big weapons, your receivers that have had games, that they've had good, good plays. Now, you know, they can all do it. They've all had it this year. Once you put that all together, this team is going to be really special, and I think the perfect time to do that will be against Houston. Obviously, we're still talking about the Kansas City game. But, you know, overall, I think it, it, it was good to see Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk still be a part of this offense. I know as disappointed as people are that Calvin really only had two catches. Zay Jones had zero. You still want to see Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram play because down the stretch, you're going to want those guys to have their heads in the game when it comes down to it because it's going to make the team that much harder to stop. There was a potential missed pass interference call on Zay Jones late in the third quarter. It seemed like Lawrence wanted it, Doug Peterson as well. How impactful do you think that was to the game overall, considering the final score was just eight points? I hate looking back at penalties, man. I've never been a guy that liked that. But, I mean, in my opinion, that was pass interference, and I think that they missed it. And those do become big plays. When you look back at it, I mean, the football – Another cliche, it's a game of inches. It really is a game of inches. If you change one play in a football game, the outcome is different. And, and when when those plays are desi- decided by guys that are paid to officiate the game and they miss something, that makes it a little tougher pill to swallow because you know everything comes down to just one game here, one game there, one play here, one play there at the end of the season. So that was tough. Do, do I want to see the Jaguars be able to overcome those kind of obstacles to say, hey, yeah, you're right. That was a pass interference. You did miss it. 
We're going to come back. We're going to get the first down anyways. We're going to go score anyways. We're going to find a way to no matter what, get the job done because you're going to have that. That's something that maybe next time it goes against the Chiefs, but it could go against the Jaguars again. You got to be resilient and you got to be able to come back and make sure that you can overcome those obstacles when, when you really don't get the call that it, to me seemed like you should have gotten. Did Press Taylor calling the offensive plays impact the Jags on O at all, or do you think that he's been all right? You know, personally, I like when Doug calls the plays. I, I know Doug wants to be able to be more of a holistic coach and just take care of the offense and the defense. But Doug's a special play caller. You saw that back when he called plays in Philly. You saw it when he called plays in Kansas City. And you saw it when he called plays here. I personally think Doug Peterson should be calling the plays. He's excellent at it. It's not nothing, nothing against Press Taylor. I know they want to groom him. They want to make Press Taylor the next, you know, Doug Peterson, how Doug was with Andy. You know, that's what Doug wants to make Press. But you don't got much of an argument of saying if you're talking about right now today, who is a better, more experienced play caller? That's that Doug Peterson. The offense seems a little bit more clunky. I feel like Trevor and Doug have a little bit better of a relationship when it comes to calling those plays. I think Doug gets the plays out a little bit quicker. I think Doug knows the the right time to call certain plays because he's been in this game so long. Doug was actually a quarterback in the NFL. That makes things different. This guy was back there. He was throwing passes. He was taking hits. He knows when there's a guy up the middle named Chris Jones that you have to be cognizant of every play. What plays are best? Do you want to get the ball quick? Do you want to throw over the middle? Do you want to throw? Do you want to throw outside? Press Taylor don't know how that feels. He might know what it looks like, but he don't know how it feels. Doug's been there. He's done that. So personally, I think Doug should be the play caller. I think. You know, you're kind of doing your team a disservice if you're not, if you're that good, if you're elite at something like that, I think you should be the play caller. But that hey, that's just me. I don't I don't I don't make the decisions. You mentioned Chris Jones there, and he kind of wrecked the game a little bit for the Jaguars on offense. Two tackles, one and a half sacks, a tackle for loss, a couple quarterback hits and pressures, like he was kind of doing it all. Why was he so effective in his first game of the 2023 season after a holdout that lasted through week one? Well, to me, it shows that he was, uh, you know, he's a guy that was that was in shape and he, and he, and he you know, took his job seriously and, and he was in shape. You know, some guys you're holding out, you might be on the couch eating potato chips. Like I know Justin out here, you know, Justin's just sitting on the couch. He's eating cookies, but hanging out, you know, Chris I ain't about that. Keep it healthy like you, bro. Yeah, no. But then the second thing is, I don't think the Jaguars offensive line is that good. I think when you look at it, you know, I love Tyler Shatley. I played with the guy, but I, I really don't think Tyler Shatley's a guy that can block Chris Jones. You know, uh, Luke Fortner. I know he's a young guy. He's done some good things, but I really, don't think he's a, a, a top half of the league center, right? I, Anton Harrison has got a ways to go. I know he's a young guy. He's done some good things, but he's got some work to do too. So I think all in all, you know, Ben Scherf, when he's when he's held 100% healthy, I think he's okay. I think, you know, Ben Barsh, when he's healthy, is okay. I think Walker Little so far has had a pretty solid season. 
you know, and then I think when Cam Robinson gets back, that helps things. But overall, right now, I don't think the Jaguars' interior offensive line, especially, is very good. So then you get you get fresh Chris Jones, who wasn't eating McDonald's French fries on the couch, who's got fresh legs coming in here to an offensive line. He probably watched him on tape. He probably wanted to wait. He, he, he knew he wanted to come back this game. He said, ooh, yeah, I'm going to come back this game because look at these interior offensive linemen. I remember what I did to them in the playoffs last year. I'm going to come back and have a big game. and Everybody's going to forget I was even holding out. So he did that, and it, it wasn't pretty for us. But, uh, you know, once again, I'll say I think these guys are going to get better. They're young guys, and we'll probably see this team again. I'm going to say we see the Chiefs again in the playoffs. And it'll be different that time. And Chris Jones won't have as easy a time getting to the quarterback. The Jags were able to do something they did not do last season. That was sack Patrick Mahomes. Did Jacksonville's defense play well enough to win against the reigning NFL MVP? I think they, yeah. You hold them, you hold the Chiefs to 17 points. You get three turnovers in the Kansas City Chiefs. If you tell me that that's what the, that's what they, the, the Jaguars did, I'm going to tell you they won the game. You tell me the final score, 17 points, three turnovers, easy. That's a win. I think they got some some Andre Cisco. That interception was incredible. I think he's been playing at a high level. I think Josh Allen had another solid game. Darius Williams, Tyson Campbell, guys playing well. Foyer Aloka, and I think he, you know, he's a guy that's playing solid. So overall, I think the Jaguars defense did play well enough to to get the W. Unfortunately, you know, the offense didn't help him out there. But you know, Mike Caldwell, I think, did a good job of calling the game. I think he's shown some improvement. And to do, I know, hey, they don't got the Tyree kills anymore. Travis Kelsey isn't 100%. But to hold the Chiefs to 17 points, that's not easy to do. So hats off. The proverbial hat is off to the Jaguars' defense. If they keep playing like this, the offense is going to get together, and this team is going to be tough to beat. Now, Jags defense was pretty stout against Kelsey. He had a team high nine targets, but only had four catches for 26 yards. Yes, a touchdown, but still overall, that stat line would probably tell you it would be a Jags win as well. So how do you think Jacksonville did defending Kelsey, even though, as you said, he's probably not at 100%? They did a great job, but the problem is that, you know, there's, there's a couple tight ends for the Kansas City Chiefs, and one of them you've probably never even really heard of. But, you know, his his name is uh, is Noah Gray and Noah Gray kind of picked up where Travis Kelsey left off and Noah Gray had three catches for 38 yards. So then you couple that with Kelsey's four for 26. You know, you don't really see Noah Gray on the stat sheet, but the tight ends did have a day. But if you give those catches to Kelsey, I think the tight end still did have an impact. But overall, Kelsey's the number one tight end in NFL history, in my opinion. I get a vote because I play tight end. So I, I think that that was impressive. And, and he's a guy that doesn't matter what the coverage is. It doesn't matter what you, he, he always somehow produces. And I don't know if it's because his new girlfriend, you know, Taylor Swift, you know, maybe taking a little bit of his time. He still scored the touchdown, you know, but uh, yeah, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey didn't have the day, the game that, that he typically does, but uh, you know, that's the thing about Patrick Mahomes. The guy finds a way to win. He'll find a way to, you know, to get a big rush here, there to, you know, throw the ball to Sky Moore with his first touchdown to, to, to find a way to, to really put the game out of reach at the end.
Justin Watson, the tight end for the Chiefs as well, maybe the number three guy, three catches, 62 yards. So you're right, the tight ends did have a day. Overall, what can the Jags learn from a loss to the defending Super Bowl champions, if anything? I thought Justin Watson was a receiver, but uh, I guess he does play some tight end too, huh? Um, you know, they, they, they got to take the go with the bat. You realize this team is defending Super Bowl champions. They've been there several times in the past AFC championship game the the won several super couple super bowls so they're one of the best organizations the best teams in football the fact that you did not play your best the fact that you you missed all these opportunities and you were still close you were still within striking distance against this team to me yeah look you got to look at that as a positive the negative is hey you know what the chiefs are saying we turned the ball over three times. We only scored 17 points, and we still beat this team. So, overall, you can take some good with some bad. You got to clean some things up. I think offensively, you got to get back to the basics. You got to make sure you get Calvin Ridley involved. You got to you got to run the ball better. You're, you're a team that 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 ran the ball. That you, Travis Travis Etienne should never have 30 yards rushing. This guy should be a top five, top ten running back in the NFL. So you got to figure out. I don't know if it's just the big boys up front. If it's a scheme, if it's the calling, but you got to figure out a way to run the ball, and that's going to open up a lot of different things in the pass game. So for me, you start running the ball better, you score in the red zone, and you're right where you want to be. You're going to be able to beat a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, who's the best in the NFL. The Jags are 9-4 and four in their last 13 games, Clay. Three of those losses have come against the Chiefs. So I think that record shows that these Jaguars at least have the potential to be elite, and now they have a full season of Calvin Ridley. That does it for the Tell the Truth Week 2 edition of the show. We'll be back with a Houston Texans preview coming at you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.